0: Thank you for choosing Talks News, your only source into the out of control authoritarian left. We're wildin' out here. Going with the flow, complete chaos. Cannot be tamed, will not be domesticated. The left. All right, so just wanted to do this Ben Shapiro and we're calling it a day. This Ben Shapiro here, I watched like five minutes of it, said, okay, I can't leave this alone. The misrepresentation of authoritarianism going on here is uh, irresponsible. So, that's what we're working with today. Shouts out to Ben for the wonderful content. Never stop what you're doing. It allows me to have a little side hustle now. Let the music fade gently into that quiet night. And we begin with Chaperone. It is kind of
1: fascinating that in America's narrative discourse, there's a, a, a lie that is told. It goes something like this. The great threat to American democracy lies on the authoritarian right. The authoritarian right is the biggest threat to American democracy. This is something that you hear very often in the media. You hear it a lot from Democratic Congress. I think any uh, authoritarianism
0: is bad. Any and every authoritarian regime is bad and the unfortunate thing here is that we're not going to talk about regimes in this video as far as i can tell we're going to talk about a democratic process of people voicing their opinions and ben shapiro is going to tell you why he doesn't like it because they sit on the other
1: side of the political spectrum of this two-party system so let's go congress people and they like to use as their example what happened on january 6th now january 6th was an act of criminality it was an act of evil and there was something authoritarian to people attempting to stop the democratic processes from taking place and going forward and work. Uh, the thing that wasn't very like if it was a movement of people that
0: weren't necessarily tied to a demagogue idol worship uh, president leader, if there wasn't a figurehead leader to this movement. It wouldn't be as authoritarian here. It would have been quite different because if say it was anarchist. Um, Most of them are not, there's no level of hierarchy, there may be some form of leadership, but there is no, at least not supposed to be, a figurehead leading the movement itself. So if that were to happen in the January 6th movement, we couldn't really equate it to authoritarianism because it didn't really have a leader behind the movement in the same way that Nazi Germany and the German Putsch had uh, Hitler and his military men, the generals, and it wouldn't be the same if the vanguard didn't have a very outspoken uh, Vladimir Lenin leading the charge, Trotsky, and then eventually Stalin. Um, Mao is almost the same thing. He was basically the de facto leader decider. I'm not a hundred percent sure how much democracy and freedom of opinion actually happened in Mao's regime. I know it was very sparse and non-existent in stalin's, so um without the top head of that snake or the pyramid of hierarchy, um, a movement without a figurehead leader tends to lose a lot of that authoritarian characteristics, which um I think is a, the the bit of a problem that I found in the five minutes of this video that I watched. Now, be told, it's a 19-minute video. So I have about 14 minutes of I don't know what's going to happen.
1: For sure. You don't have to deny the presence of an authoritarian right to also recognize that the centers of power in America... He just said that you don't
0: have to ignore the the, the appearances of authoritarianism, but he's ignoring the essential piece of it, and it
1: was the president at the time. Remember that in life, the centers of institutional power in American life do not lie with the authoritarian right. They lie with the authoritarian left. Now, it is worthwhile at this point to define our terms. So the uh, the, the very term authoritarianism is very often used kind of vaguely. What exactly does it mean to be authoritarian people? Use...
0: I'll let him keep speaking, but I'm going to look up the definition just so that in the YouTube video, um,
1: it's refer- You can, you have a frame of reference right next to ben shapiro's head use it simultaneously to mean fascist and totalitarian authoritarian has a little bit more of a specific definition typically when you are talking about the characteristics of authoritarianism so let's talk about that for a second so there have been a bunch of studies on what authoritarianism actually looks like what does it mean to be authoritarian so there's a guy named theodore adorno and he very early in 1950, wrote a book. He was a Frankfurt School member. He was a Marxist theorist, and he wrote a book about authoritarianism. And his basic suggestion is that authoritarianism was a naturally right-wing phenomenon. So he's a Marxist. Of course, he thought that anybody who disagreed with him was sort of an authoritarian. His idea is that America was ripe for the plucking. America was about to fall into authoritarianism because America wasn't left-wing enough. Okay, so he wrote this
0: very- It's too bad. I don't really know- um- most of Marx's readings well enough to actually confirm or deny this claim. Um, but I do know that most businesses in the private sector are set up in authoritarian structures. Um, so uh, individual freedom is sacrificed when you clock clock in, although your job may be quote unquote voluntary.
1: Barry Fim's book called The Authoritarian Personality, in which essentially he suggested that anti-Semitism and authoritarianism were outgrowths of a particular mindset that also sprang from capitalism. Now, this was untrue, but it did lead to a lot of study as to what an authoritarian personality would look like. And there was a, a Harvard social scientist named Robert Altemeyer. He created a right-wing authoritarianism scale. He was attempting to detect three particular character traits. Right? These were character traits of the authoritarians. Character trait number one of an authoritarian was authoritarian submission, willingness to submit to established and legitimate authorities. Right, You're willing to, to just go along with whatever the boss says. Two, authoritarian aggression. Right, you're going to perform aggressive act on behalf of the authoritarian. And three, conventionalism. Right, You are going to abide by all of the approved social conventions. This was right-wing authoritarianism. And for a long time, social scientists, who tend to be very left-wing, thought there was no such thing as left-wing authoritarianism. Left-wing authoritarianism just did not exist.
0: Because... I mean, he said that social scientists thing are like they tend to be left wing as if like their bias uh, feeds into the information that they see and not necessarily learning like by learning through social sciences that they ended up on the left wing side of the spectrum.
1: Left wingers were progressive and wonderful and anti-violence and pacifistic. Okay, well, it is very clear at this point there is left wing authoritarianism. And in fact, social scientists have found that left wing authoritarianism is quite common. Um it's unfortunate
0: because we can't really have that discussion on like the political spectrum mainly because it's a spectrum made up for Americans to understand their politics, even though continuously we keep getting these people who get paid to talk to muddle like even more muddy our our spectrum of that because um on like a normal regular ass spectrum, anarchism sits far farthest on the left. Stateless, um, you know, wageless, classless. Um, broken up, decentralized planning. Um, A lot of that feeds into that characteristic on the farthest of the left. And then on the farthest to the right, as far as we know, you have fascism, which is ultra-nationalism, the uh, persecution of the other, and uh, the focus of individual fitting into a broader community. Um, So, like, when he brings up left-wing authoritarianism, it muddies that that water a lot because when you go farther... As far left as you go, you get to decentralized hierarchies. But because of the 1950s and people reappropriating the words socialism and communism, those words being reappropriated to propagate authoritarian regimes during the 1950s, does not help the the argument case here so we have to acknowledge the existence that a lot of left-wing ideas and words rhetoric and such um, eventually led to authoritarian regimes which i think that's kind of the whole reason why a political spectrum is really ridiculous
1: when university of montana social psychologist lucien conway created a scale to mirror altemeyer's scale what he found is that the highest score for authoritarianism was for liberals and liberals had the highest score for authoritarianism. And he described authoritarianism this way. Right? Here's, here's what they said, the, these particular social scientists. From- I don't think so.
0: Um, like the definition of liberalism is like based on the, uh, consent, the consent of the citizens to be governed by the government. That's not authoritarian whatsoever. Authoritarianism does not give two fucks about your consent and how it governs you. So, um, I, I really wonder about the, uh, the person he's citing on this study specifically because, Um, Maybe American liberalists have taken on that idea, but I don't really see it being
1: represented through policy that much, if at all. University of Montana about what left wing authoritarianism looked like. Left wing authoritarianism, if right wing authoritarianism was about submission and aggression approved by the bosses and conventionalism, a belief that your traditional morality is the only approved social convention and that you get to shut down everything else. And left wing authoritarianism is sort of the mirror image. Left wing authoritarianism believes in revolutionary aggression that the system has to be torn down. The hierarchy of power has to be destroyed.
0: I don't think liberals believe that at all. Like liberals are very status quo in a lot of things. They just want to see more progressive movements in certain areas. And the thing that he's focusing in here has to deal more with like culture war, which like. It's again, I think that's mostly like a trivial issue to talk about when there's like systemic issues and policy wise that affect us more. But with the whole idea from the right wingers that politics is downstream of culture, they're really just focusing in on changing people's culture that will then reflect their uh, acceptance into a
1: dark future, dark, dark, conservative future. Top down censorship they simultaneously believe in. In order to achieve utopia, you have to shut everybody else up. And finally, anti-conventionalism, which these social scientists described as, quote, reflecting a moral absolutism concerning progressive values and concomitant dismissals of conservatives as inherently immoral, an intolerant desire for coercively imposing left-wing beliefs and values on others, and a need for social and ideological homogeneity in one's environment. Okay,
0: well, I don't think uh, conservatives are inherently immoral, but they're picking on, uh, they, they do pick up on a lot of, uh, I don't know, policy stances and positions that do come off as pretty immoral. Like when Ben Shapiro argues the case of ignoring the green new deal because of its expenses and how we need to support our oil and gas, um, that, comes to me immoral, the less we do to try to mitigate the inevitable climate change at this point to reduce the harm that is going to be caused around the globe. Him continuing to argue for the progression of the status quo that will lead to more and more and worse cases, that comes off as an immoral position to have because you're not reducing the harm of the suffrage possible. So it's not inherently, but the positions that they end up taking put them on that side, even though he doesn't see it that way, because his morality comes in the idea of keeping the jobs of the people who work for oil and gas as if there's no
1: way to reappropriate that labor into a green new infrastructure environment. In other words, they're going to cram down a particular moral worldview that says that you are evil because you disagree. So those are the three characteristics of left wing authoritarianism. But that's the thing, too,
0: is that even if, like, you say that um, if I don't go that he's immoral but just wrong, it still gets equated into this idea that he is immoral or evil. So, like, no matter what position you take that is uh, opposition to a, a, a conservative, they have so much victimhood behind themselves in America at this point that it's almost impossible to try to convince them of anything that's progressive or innovative or different,
1: just different. Revolutionary aggression and approval for it. Which you saw over the summer, when virtually the entire left wing winked and nodded at the most damaging riots in American history, top-down censorship directed at group authority, right? The group authority as a means of regulating right-wing beliefs and behaviors. We have to have the bosses shut everybody else up. Right? This is the diver. Um, that's so weird. It's like we're we're playing with like
0: contradictory thoughts here, because like to have a group, um. To have the authority, it just, like, the, the problem is, is, like, when it's the majority. The unfortunate thing is, is, like, 40% of, like, uh, voters are Republican. So, that is a significant amount of people for Ben Shapiro to convince to not compromise or cooperate on certain positions. So, then it comes off when they're stonewalling liberals or even people farther to the left. It, it, <laughs> like, It's like uh, one side of the country telling you that you're a bad person because you won't change on a certain position. But it's it's so hard because that's just it it just sounds like a broken democracy because we don't even agree on like base level of what's going on and what our actual solutions could be. There's no axioms whatsoever between uh, liberals and conservatives at this point.
1: Training you see inside your corporation. So that's
0: why it comes off as like when a majority, which is liberal in the voting base, comes off more as like this mob uh, with the
1: gallows when it's not true. Or as we will see, Democrats in Congress trying to shut down free speech and anti-conventionalism—a belief that everybody who disagrees with you is inherently a moral lesser person, a morally lesser person.
0: No, I just think that like each position that people take, you can, uh, you know say why it's right or wrong in a in a sense of fixing the problem. But then, you know, in a certain point of the debate, you might have to actually ask yourself which one's the more moral position. And, you know, um, it depends. Your, your evilness really depends on the actions that you take upon
1: the choices. Anyway, a bad person, you know, these characteristics, are, these characteristics of left wing authoritarianism are extraordinarily common. Not only are they common, they are dominant in our institutional culture dominant and you see it every single day those particular
0: i mean and that's the difficult thing too is that if like ben shapiro and tucker carlson were less effective at convincing working class uh people into defending their positions ben shapiro's tucker carlson's and the people that they work for there would be a far less amount of people actually able to stonewall the progress of a green new deal mainly because they wouldn't have the support of the uh the governed who give their consent to be governed so um, we have immense power if we can actually unite like the very uh, middle and bottom of this class, like this country, like we would have so much power um,
1: democratically. But yeah, here we are. Here we are split right in the middle. Factors. You see it at work every single day. So when people say you know, right wing authoritarianism is dominant, again, you don't have to deny the presence of right wing authoritarianism to recognize that the institutional power in our country is dominated. By authoritarian leftists who seek top-down censorship, who believe that their progressive worldview is the only worldview that matters, and who believe in a revolutionary aggression designed at tearing down the quote-unquote hierarchies of power. That describes to a T what so many members of the Democratic Party are doing today. The reason I bring this up is because two members of Congress— Yeah, but that's the thing is that,
0: like, yeah, breaking down of hierarchy starts taking you left in the spectrum, but, like, in order— for authoritarianism you do have to have like a really structured authority hierarchy so that that authority overrides anybody else's say and it could be like an oligarchical group it could be just you know maybe 12 rich people or maybe even a 100 rich people um ruling over um entire population but uh uh if it's the entire uh country all on an equal level of hierarchy that's not authoritarianism son that's just it doesn't make sense that literally just like ties your own brain into a contradictory knot. It's at, on a certain level of poli
1: Have now issued a series of letters to a variety wow. of of platforms and common carriers designed to shut down dissent. One member of Congress is named Anna Eschew. The other oh, is named no, Jerry McCurney. no, not McNerney. letters. They issued this letter. And this is oh just full God. authoritarian stuff. We oh have a First God. Amendment for a reason. It says, Congress shall make no law. Congress shall make no law abridging freedom of speech. So what have our members of Congress decided to do? Instead of making a law, they're going to essentially create agents in the private sphere to do their bidding. They know they can't pass a law that abridges freedom of speech or it'll get struck down by the Supreme Court. Instead, what they do is they say, we will punish you if you do not do the censorship we wish you to do in the private sphere. This is the new model, not top-down censorship just from government, but top-down censorship with government actors using as a cudgel their power in order to beat corporations into submission and force those. I mean, if that's true, then this is essentially blackmail. And
0: I don't agree with it either. Plus, that's not like a great way to convince a culture to um, stop spreading malicious information. But like the thing is, is with people like these paid millionaire pundits who trick us into fighting against our own best interests, is that like uh, there needs to be accountability for the malicious spreading of information. So the more and more they make this argument against these kind of policies just kind of shows to me that they wear diapers every day concerned that someday they'll have to be held accountable for the things that they say. Um, unfortunately, it like it benefits you know, the military industrial complex and oil. So that day is not going to come anytime soon. But at least they'll convince other people to defend them for them so that they don't have to really risk anything.
1: Those corporations to adopt the precepts of the authoritarian left and to censor from the top. We'll get to what I mean by this in just one second, because we really are living in an authoritarian time. Right? This is an authoritarian moment that we are watching unfold before us right now. And it is deep and it is threatening and it has been creeping in American life. It's amazing how quiet of
0: authoritarianism he was during the time that Trump sent uh, unmarked, like unmarked, federal agents to just sweep up protesters in Portland. That's amazing because, like, when we talk about people, you know, getting their freedom of speech shut down because a majority of people don't want to hear it, um, that's like far worse than uh, the government just randomly swooping people off of the streets who
1: participated in free speech movements. That's amazing. And unfortunately, the authoritarianism of the left was fostered in general and in very strong ways by the reaction to things like January 6th. It was an opportunity for the authoritarian left to get the upper hand in American discourse because free speech is now bad. Free exchange of ideas is now bad. It could be incitement.
0: Yeah. Misinformation led to uh, a bunch of like misguided people to thorn our capital.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I agree with that. I don't think I agree with like most of the measures that our government's going to end up churning out because i mean patriot act shouts out to that fuck yeah um but like this 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 argument to say that like spreading information is going to lead you into bad situations no it was specifically misinformation that led us to a bad situation where cops were getting beaten up with blue lives matter flags like how do you get more poetic than that in a country that is just slowly
1: decaying If you say something they don't like, it could be dangerous. And so now is a great time to shut down free speech, to shut down individual rights, and to use all powers that they have at their disposal in order to do so. These two members of Congress have now issued a series of letters to common carriers telling them they want them to essentially boot Fox News off the air and OANN and Newsmax. And this is the same sort of top-down censorship that you are seeing called for by our establishment media against social media. Yeah, but it's a
0: letter. And of course, like Ben's going to say that, like, oh, they're threatening them with, I don't know, regulations, which probably they don't have regulations for. But it's just, it's so weird how he can make a letter to companies sound so threatening when it could have just easily been an appeal to hopefully their common sense that Tucker Carlson is like literal, like poison masked up as um, lollipops. I, I like, honestly. So, um, like, Again, I can bring up like a million times that his own lawyer argued that no reasonable viewer would believe anything
1: he says. So let's force social media not to disseminate information we don't like. And there are a variety of games they play in order to shut down stuff they don't like. You'll notice one of the things that they have done, and this is a pretty clever sleight of hand. A lot of this debate really started after the 2016 election. In fact, nearly all of it before 2016, there's a basic acknowledgement that there were alternative points of view that were going to be presented online. There are alternative points of view that are going to be presented on podcasts and talk radio. And that was
0: This has mostly been developing and like as social media becomes more and more like the predominant way how people are getting informed, especially as like less and less generations watch regular ass news. Regular ass news for boomers these days. Um, so like the emergence of it happening in a Wild West setting isn't fucking surprising. But now we're seeing that it can encourage people to storm our capital
1: and beat up police. There's the dots, there's dots laying around. Annoying to the left, but they understood that, you know, you sort of had to just deal with it. And then after 2016, there was this moment where the left decided, you know what? We don't we shouldn't have lost that election. In fact, we didn't lose that election. The only reason we lost that election is because of Russian disinformation. Now, disinformation, you know, foreign intervention using... All right, now that that's like another misrepresentation of a lot of things, but, you know, that's
0: fucking classic. The, homeboy, the thing wasn't like about how Hillary lost because of that. It was mostly the fact that we had our president working with like a f- different government, one that we're supposedly constantly at Cold War with. Um, so misrepresenting the whole picture by putting the frame on a blank wall and saying, no, this is what I sold you. This is it right here. And it's not the picture, man. That's just the
1: frame. False information in order to pervert the political process is in fact not something that that the government has to just leave alone. Now, foreign disinformation is something the government can step into. It does have for First Amendment consequences, but There's some precedent for the government stepping in and stopping foreign actual interference with disinformation. But you'll notice that there's a a verbal sleight of hand that went on where the media and Democratic members of Congress and Democrats in, in power, they decided to shift from Russian disinformation to misinformation. Now, there's a difference between disinformation and misinformation. Disinformation is active promotion of false material by a foreign government. That's what disinformation typically is. Right? You do disinformation on on the Soviets, or the Soviets do disinformation on you. Misinformation is information that you perceive to be mistaken. There's no obvious intent for somebody to lie. It's just something you perceive to be mistaken. And so what the left does is they declare everything they don't like misinformation.
0: What the fuck? like me just even saying how he misrepresented that he just came up with a new loophole of basically denying that because it's just like no that's just what you perceive which is like uh um a valid argument if you just never want to come from the perspective of other people that's
1: wow cool put your guard up be who you are if there's internet they don't like that's misinformation so they've now shifted over from fringe sort of issues when it comes to speech you know, foreign disinformation, the the Russian government promulgating falsehoods in the middle of an election, to core political speech, which they then term misinformation.
0: And then it, it it is like when they talked about the 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 wind turbines being the problem in Texas, that's misinformation. But now now that's just what everybody else perceives. <laughs> God damn, the mental gymnastics he gets paid for, Jesus
1: Christ. And- They set up a whole body of fact checkers whose sole design, apparently, is to label anything they don't like, not only misinformation, but mostly false. And this is what you see at PolitiFact. PolitiFact will label Barack Obama's statement that if you like your doctor, you can keep your doctor half true for several years. And then only later will they be like, oh yeah, that was the lie of the year. It becomes misinformation when it is convenient for them. And then they use those fake fact checkers, those pseudo fact checkers as an excuse to shut down outlets they don't like on social media and to suppress their reach or they go to YouTube and they say, you know what? We know that there are a lot of people out there who like conservative material, but we are afraid that that conservative material will lead to incitement. How? Well, it's not even that those people are doing anything that incites violence. It's not that Jordan Peterson does anything that incites violence. It's that you might watch a Jordan Peterson video, and then maybe you'll get dragged into a rabbit hole of right-wing extremism. That's funny because like it has
0: less to do with Jordan Peterson and more to do with specifically Ben Shapiro because he supposedly reports the news, quote-unquote. Um, like the, the driving narrative of constantly talking about a stolen election, allowing Trump to do it on your show, to promulgate these voter fraud cases here, these voter fraud cases there, what's going to happen in Georgia with Stacey Abrams? There's a, just a mountaintop of all these narratives that they use to feed into the idea the election is fucked he is more likely to be in this category than jordan peterson is and yet we're still missing it we're still missing the point here because it just doesn't connect in his brain that he is responsible for crazy crazy shit happening on january 6th that really shouldn't
1: have happened okay so so they they're consistently broadening out exceptions under american law that do exist to free speech and then they're letting the exception eat the rule, right? So they will say, incitement is illegal. It's true, incitement is illegal. Then they will say, That stuff that you're saying, you know, like normal political stuff, that's incitement. Or they will say, Yeah, we understand that mis- that that, you know, your narrative is is opinion and it's protected, but it's really misinformation. And misinformation is really kind of like disinformation. And disinformation is something that the government can fight. So really your speech is is like Russian disinformation. Okay, this is the way that the left goes about their top-down censorship.
0: I, I guess, except like it's not coming from the top. It's mostly coming from observance of your bullshit. The fascinating thing to me here is that he actually connected the dots between how misinformation can be used just like disinformation, and yet he doesn't con- he doesn't find any like self responsibility. Absolutely none. And the idea that when you give voters a bunch of out of context information in 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 the exact mission of moving across a po- like a political agenda, how that doesn't misguide and misrepresent and how that just wow, just
1: the, the the absence of self-reflection here. And it is tied into an ideology that suggests revolutionary aggression against the system because the system of individual rights is inherently discriminatory according to the woke left. The woke left says that individual rights are biased because the people who are in a position to best exercise their individual rights are the powerful in our society. And those people must be brought to heal. So individual rights take a backseat to what the collective requires. Individual rights take a backseat to equity. And this is the language that you hear from the left. Uh, I mean, if we're gonna use the
0: the mask samples or the the masks as an example, uh wearing a mask does, I guess, um, go over one's individual right to a certain extent. but it's hoping it's coming from like a self-sacrifice kind of perspective is that you're giving up an individual freedom to choose not to wear your mask in the hopes that you're helping your community not spread a virus. So in certain circumstances, individual like rights, should kind of be, you know, not so important that you can't sacrifice it from time to
1: time. Left. Again, these are the elements of authoritarianism, revolutionary aggression, top-down censorship, and certainly the most prevalent feeling on the left is that if you disagree with them, it is because you are a moral lesser. It is because there is something wrong with you. It is because you believe in brutality. You're a phobe, right? You're a racist, sexist.
0: I mean, he is really good at like repeating these same phrases revolutionary aggression top down oppression um, the you're an immoral person for your beliefs i'm pretty sure he fits it in there almost every 5 minutes i'm i'm almost impressed with how he's able to loop these like three phrases back into it each and every time it's i mean it really reinforces these words so that
1: people can just immediately call it out just bigot homophobe you're somebody you're a hater and the authoritarianism in the on the left in the United States is very very uh, dominant at this point in American life and it's becoming more
0: You better fear it cuz here it
1: comes dominant every day. So here's this letter from these two members of Congress again directed at taking down political opponents.
0: Seriously, like I also like that he's holding letters to like the level of legislation that they wrote letters to these private businesses. And it's almost like codified law. And he's telling them that we all have to bow down at this point. They're letters. like Chill, dude. They're
1: just memos. They don't get anybody to do diddly shit. Here's a letter to John Stanley. Stanky, rather. Stanky is the CEO of AT&T. Dear Mr. Stanky. Dear Again, Mr. Stanky, two sitting members of Congress, Mr. Stanky, our country's public discourse is plagued by misinformation, disinformation, conspiracy theories, and lies. Look at that. Look at the conflation there. Some of those things, like Russian disinformation, are things the government has a say in. Misinformation is not, because you can define that however you want. Conspiracy theories depends on what you think is a conspiracy theory, right? And <laughs> lies.
0: See, and that's the thing is that in order for uh, like trials on misinformation and conspiracy theories is that we all have to have a common agreement on what that is. And uh, that's not going to happen anytime soon in this place. That's womp womp.
1: (laughs) Womp fucking womp. The left lied throughout the summer that America's police are systemically racist. They don't seem to care about that lie very much. These phenomena undergird the radicalization of seditious individuals who committed active insurrection on January 6th And it contributes to a growing distrust of public health measures necessary to crush the pandemic. Right. So the idea here is that we would have crushed the pandemic if it were not for misinformation, disinformation, conspiracy theories and lies. Uh, Weird, because every single Democratic member of Congress, so far as I'm aware, backed mass protests in the middle of a pandemic because they said that racial issues were a public health problem.
0: Yeah, they are. They're a community problem. But the thing is, too, is that studies show that uh, not much... uh there wasn't spikes in cases after BLM protests, and that's because a lot of people who were on the side of BLM wear their fucking masks. Um while Trump's campaign events during around the same time were super spreader events. So that's that's cool. And that also go like coincides with the fact that Trump was a third of COVID misinformation. Oh, but oh, oh, that's right. Uh, misinformation is just total matter matter of fact of opinion, you know. the The idea that he said it would be gone by April that's not that's not misinformation. Well, we can't just account everything that Trump did wrong as stupid.
1: In any case, these members of Congress say we are concerned about the role AT and T plays in disseminating misinformation. Misinformation again, it's that that slight of hand. Misinformation to millions of its U-verse, DirecTV, and AT&T TV subscribers. And we write to you today to request additional information about what actions AT&T is taking to address these issues. Now notice, Congress does not have the power to regulate AT&T into shutting down free speech. That'd be a violation of the First Amendment. So instead, they will send nasty, threatening letters to places like Comcast and AT&T, and they will basically say, you know- I got distracted by uh, my internet. I didn't hear the, I didn't hear a threat. These members of Congress say we are concerned about the role AT&T plays in disseminating misinformation, misinformation, again, it's that sleight of hand, misinformation to millions of its U-verse, DirecTV and AT&T TV subscribers. And we write to you today to request additional information about what actions AT&T is taking to address these issues. Now notice, Congress does- Okay, so I didn't, the reason
0: why I didn't hear a threat is because there wasn't a threat. (laughs) All right, I thought I I missed something. No, they're requesting information to see if AT&T is willing to do anything about OAN and OAN is a marvelous uh, news network that literally did anything and everything for Trump. Like at, at a certain point when Fox News was just even slightly critical, Trump would go on Twitter and be like, man, you got to go check out OAN, um, which I think is only available on DirecTV. Uh,
1: so, yeah,
0: yeah. Mm hmm. Yep.
1: Does not have the power to regulate AT&T into shutting down free speech. That'd be a violation of the First Amendment. So instead, they will send nasty, threatening letters to places like Comcast and AT&T, and they will basically say, you know, nice company you got there. It'd be a real shame if something happened to it. Real shame if something happened to AT&T over there. You know, we, you know, we, we have been looking into, like, these other you know, sort of antitrust issues, and, and I can tell you that if you weren't doing this, this fostering of misinformation, well, then maybe we would stop looking into that. I'm not threatening you or anything, of course. It's not a threat. I mean, this, this, is, the way, this is the way the game is played now.
0: <laughs> nearly half of americans get their news primarily so he made up their threat um because he's like but this is what they're insinuating and then he said you can't deny a threat when you hear one and it, the thing is, is when you go off of like what ben thinks they're insinuating that's like the matter of opinion with misinformation so like oh my god he's just a walkie-talking contradiction Gee,
1: fuck, man merrily from jesus. tv
0: jesus say these two members of congress However, not all TV news. I don't even know how the fuck he decides what to eat every morning. If like he refuses baguettes because they're liberal lies. I don't I don't know how he gets through his day.
1: Sources are the same. Some purported news outlets have long been misinformation, rumor mills and conspiracy theory hotbeds that produce content that leads to real harm. Uh, Now we get the incitement argument, right? Is, Is if there's information that you don't like or if there are even things that are not true that are said that you don't like that. Those aren't necessarily incitement. That's not true. Lots of things are said in American public discourse every day, and we have laws against things like slander and libel, so you can sue people based on some of, the th- some of those things. We have incitement statutes that are on the books. Those incitement statutes require actual incitement, not just people saying things that are false. You will also note that these Democrats have no problem with the radical level of things that are not true being said on places like CNN and MSNBC. Such For as- full-on a year, we heard that Andrew Cuomo was the greatest governor on planet Earth. CNN reported... That the kids from Covington Catholic were vicious racists.
0: All right, I'm not going to get into the Covington thing. There are a bunch of kids. Um, the thing about Andrew Cuomo is like, yeah, no shit. Um, like, CNN is a propaganda machine, just as Ben Shapiro's show is. Um, and Andrew Cuomo needs to, uh, resign. The thing that like conservatives really need to get in their brain is that CNN reports propaganda and it doesn't necessarily represent how people feel. I know he may have that backwards because he tries to represent how people feel through the culture, but, um, yeah, not everybody vibes the same way CNN does. Andrew Cuomo
1: should resign. Covington, uh, the, the, the mainstream establishment media pushed the idea that Brett Kavanaugh was a rapist. None of those things ended up being true.
0: Uh, except for Brett Kavanaugh being a rapist. That one was the uh, hmm, hmm. 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 I don't know, man. You can't just say it wasn't true just because he became a Supreme Court justice. I think it's more true that our uh, institutions and people who appoint these people of power don't care if they rape people when they're in college.
1: Doesn't matter. Right, it's only one type of quote unquote misinformation you all know that they're very upset about. Misinformation on TV has led to our current polluting. I mean, there was even like another
0: person before Brett Kavanaugh that also got this, the same treatment that even though he had uh, uh, allegations against him uh, and she testified in Congress, who Joe Biden had to apologize to for the way that he uh, came at her. Um, yeah, they've, they've proven time and time again that the, the victim does not matter in, in, in uh, terms of who to appoint into positions of power.
1: Yeah, Polluted information environment that radicalizes individuals to commit seditious acts and rejects public health best practices, among other issues, in our public discourse. And so, again, the, the idea is that if you allow things I don't like, then the public discourse is polluted. Okay, well, it may very well be polluted. Seriously, I'll acknowledge that there's information in the public discourse that I think pollutes the public discourse. For example, if a member of the SNL cast puts out the overt lie That the state of Israel has been (laughs) not handing out vaccines to its Arab citizens. That seems like something that pollutes the public discourse. Do I have any right?
0: (laughs) I like how he focused in there on Arab citizens. That doesn't necessarily mean Palestinians. There's Arabs that live in Israel, like the the greater nation of Israel. Um, But there's only Palestinians in the Palestinian-occupied areas. And they're not getting
1: vaccines. To call for SNL to be canceled on that basis? Should I call for, for, if I were a member of Congress, would I have the ability, constitutionally speaking, to regulate that? Of course not. There's a lot of stuff in the public discourse that is chaff, and then there is some that is wheat, and it is your job to distinguish between the two. But the authoritarian... And the unfortunate
0: thing is Ben Shapiro's job is to sell you shit as if it was Shinola. Like, straight up, honestly. Like, that, I'm so glad he brought that, that analogy up, because he honestly sells you shit for Shinola. Oh, yeah. Yeah, hell yeah.
1: ...the left believes it is their job to distinguish for you and then use their power to cram down in censorious fashion exactly what they like.
0: Um, I guess, and you can perceive this experience that we're sharing right now as that, um, I just think that Ben Shapiro has that without any opposition whatsoever. Um, because he's given this platform and a lot of people who consume the media aren't really tested to critically think they're supposed to just sort of nod their heads along. And then when Ben Shapiro calls the arms, they show up armed, um, with rhetoric, of course. But, uh, yeah, no, there's, uh, not that going on. I, f- uh, I, I, I feel like the farther left that you go, you're willing to discuss your policies unless you go too far fascist, but, um, the discourse in this country is just completely fucked. It's it, Yeah, I mean, I can, I can agree with that genuine point. The only axiom we can come into agreement is that
1: civil discourse is fucked. So, say these congress people, experts have noted that the right-wing media ecosystem is, quote-unquote, much more susceptible to disinformation, lies, and half-truths. Well, I mean, if they say so, that, that wow, I, I mean, amazing how they came to that conclusion. It's just the right-wing media ecosystem that's susceptible to disinformation, lies, and half-truths. Doesn't matter that for four long years, a, v- a vast bulk of Democrats believed that the 2016 election was stolen. Right-wing media outlets like Newsmax, One American News.
0: I don't know who believed that. I I didn't believe that. I don't know
1: who I don't know who he's talking about. His network and Fox News all aired misinformation about the November 2020 elections. For example, both Newsmax and OANN ran, quote, incendiary reports of false information following the elections and continue to support an angry and dangerous subculture that will continue to operate semi-openly. As a violent mob was breaching the doors of the Capitol, Newsmax's coverage called the scene a sort of romantic idea. Fox News, meanwhile, has spent years spewing misinformation about American politics. Notice the conflation there, right? Fox News is exactly the same as Newsmax is exactly the same as OANN.
0: Thanks for making that conflation for me. The thing is, though, is that a study did come out in 2012 that said uh, people who normally consume Fox News are less informed than people who did not consume any news at all. So if they're all similar, it has to make me wonder if all of them are the same way, if all of their viewers are less informed than people who do not consume news at all. But then Ben Shapiro will come in with the argument, if if that point is ever brought up, they'll probably say that it, the, the, the study was made
1: by liberals and it's a liberal lie, just like baguettes. And I do love that, that apparently Newsmax calling the scene a quote-unquote a quote sort of romantic idea, which is not a good thing to say, that that apparently is the sort of offense that should get Newsmax taken off AT&T. However, CNN, which overtly promoted riots in the middle of the summer, I mean, Chris Cuomo went on television and he said, where does it say in the Constitution that protest is supposed to be peaceful?
0: Um... I don't think, I mean, that can come off, like, since it's apologist a bit, it can come off as incitement, kind of, sort of. It's not like he's encouraging anybody to riot, but I think it does come from an empathetic position of the people who explain that rioting is really uh, a way to get the media's attention if they're not paying attention to it whatsoever, even though now that we have a pretty strong right-wing media, uh, the, then then it ends up hurting the movement significantly, at least convincing one side of the spectrum of American politics, but um there's just so much to address every single time. Every single time. Um yeah, riots tend to actually hurt the movement, but sometimes um the media will ignore a certain situation because it's just not important enough to that for them to be concerned with. Um and also riots are kind of part of a system that continues to ignore a certain community. Um and also can f- come from grievances that are also being ignored. So it's a very complicated situation to condemn all riots, and
1: um, especially if you're only condemning the ones you disagree with. And somehow that's in promote, right? It's only one side of the aisle, you'll note. These same networks say these Congress people have also been key vectors of spreading misinformation related to the pandemic. A media watchdog found over 250 cases of COVID-19 misinformation on Fox News in just one five-day period. Economists demonstrated Fox News had a demonstrable impact on noncompliance with public health guidelines. They actually didn't. We studied that at the time. The evidence that Fox News was directly responsible for people not wearing masks, for example, is exorbitantly weak. They couldn't even link the people who are not wearing the mask to people who are watching, for example, Sean Hannity. One online platform. I mean, I got to go back a little bit just to hear the study he had cited. Related to the pandemic. A media watchdog found over 250 cases of COVID-19 misinformation on Fox News in just one five-day period. Economists demonstrated Fox News had a demonstrable impact on noncompliance with public health guidelines. They actually didn't. We studied that at the time. The evidence that Fox News... I mean, I don't know if he studied it at the time. I
0: hadn't watched it. I had not watched his updates on making sure that Fox News was protected. Oh, no. My sources
1: is down. That's unfortunate. All right. It ...was directly responsible for people not wearing masks, for example, is exorbitantly weak. They couldn't even link the people who are not wearing the mask to people who are watching, for example, Sean Hannity. One online platform suspended and demonetized that sure either, OANN's but... channel online because it was spreading... Covid nineteen misinformation. Newsmax has amplified allegations that members of the Chinese Communist Party helped to develop the Covid nineteen vaccine. That really, that's that's the big one that you came up with. Newsmax is that Newsmax said that maybe the CCP had something to do with the with the development of the virus. Hey, okay, in reality, there was a there's a a fairly good amount of information that this thing, while not created by the CCP, was in fact leaked from a Wuhan lab. There's more information to that suggestion than there is. To
0: the- yeah, but to link the idea. That it came from the Wuhan lab and that it was part of a CCP attempt to control the world or weaken America. Like, that's bad, Ben. That's that's genuinely bad. Because we have labs to study viruses in. You don't just set up some random ass equipment in the middle of butt fuck nowhere, grab a fucking bat, and then just start studying it. You take it to a fucking lab, Ben, where you can disinfect the area, Ben. Where you can do things professionally and take breaks, Ben. What the
1: to so the idea that it came from the wet markets as we were originally told and some idiot ate a bat but say these members of Congress <laughs> sadly these facts are not
0: we still don't know the cause but I'm glad he's willing to play with the anti-communist message that the CCP made it and feed that conspiracy with his subtlety and then on top of it just attack them for eating bats and that's why this thing's gone completely completely awry i cannot wait till we get chickens to the point where we have another great bird flu and we can pretend it's
1: not part of our agricultural problems not new one popular television show aired a segment about oan last april that included a dire warning the kind of misinformation oan is spewing right now could end up getting people killed oh wow you quoted last week tonight with john oliver amazing if john oliver says it it must be true because john oliver is a super reliable source
0: John Oliver does okay. more work in his sources than Tucker Carlson does in his opening segment. Like, n- come on, like he cites so so many like citations, and uh, you can actually look back on his work. Tucker Carlson gives you so m- not enough to work with most of the time. Most of the time, all of his accusations come with no citations. Continue. With the censorship. Or even data. Like sometimes he just skips data completely and just
1: frames an argument for you. But the Democrats are now pushing. This is authoritarian stuff. And it can come with a happy face, but the happy face does not make it any sort of, uh, it does not mean that these people are in favor of liberty. They absolutely are not. Facts don't.
0: All right, so the fact that Ben Shapiro is willing to misrepresent a lot of the country so that you can't think for yourself tells me that he doesn't truly represent liberty. So, um, yep, that's it. That's all I got. I'm frustrated. Fuck all of this. Fuck, fuck, fuck it all. That's it. Have a good night. That's goddamn, like, dude. Like, are you kidding me? How do you not notice the self-contradictions in a lot of this and just self-reflect? Like, oh my God.